And she said, well, that if people want to change, they're going to have to do something different than they have done. And I said, okay. I love podcasts from successful people because I'm inspired by where they are. But one day I realized that you don't have to be where they are to tell your story because there is strength and encouragement in the road to get there. So I'm Daniel Thomas, and this is where I am. Okay, here okay. we go. Oh, here we are. All right. We're finally live. All right, everybody. My name is Daniel Thomas. This is where I am. I'm in a garage of a friend of mine. And I want you all to know that it hurts me to not have a fancy backdrop and paint my office and have my logo. But that's the whole point of this show is to show, see the progression of what we're going here. Today I have with me Joshua Wilson. Hi, everybody out in video land and radio land and podcast land and all the lands of the lands. All the lands of the lands. Josh is, um, one, a friend of mine. Two, he is my business coach. And three, he is just my all-around mentor, mostly in business, but also in life and a lot of things. I met Josh four, four years ago, senor. Four years ago. And back when I had a very, very small business, I still do, but it was much smaller than it is now. Josh had a much more established business, and he was a very, very kind man to just say, how can I help you? I think he even said senor. And, uh, probably did say probably somewhere. did. And at the time, I was doing only lawn mowing, and I somebody had asked me if I could build a French drain. And I said, I don't know, but I can ask around. And I asked Josh, do you know how to build a French drain? And he said, yes. And he gave me a piece of paper, wrote his phone number down on it, and said, draw it. Here's how you do it. Call me if you have any questions. And now I call him uh, every week, and I pay him money to tell me what to do because That's he's really beautiful. good at it. Thank really good you at it. for the money. I think he loves it, too. Thank you. But uh, anyway, so... The point of this podcast, why we're doing it, is because there's great podcasts out there. I love, personally, I love Andy Frisella. Personally, I love Bedros Koulian. I love Craig Rochelle. These guys who I look up to, and they are what I want to be as far as success goes. And I have wanted to start a podcast, but there's something inside me that says I'm not successful enough to have a podcast about business. And then there was something that I realized one day, which is I am inspired by these podcasts that I listen to. But I am encouraged by the conversations that I have with my fellow entrepreneurs who are not who are in the trenches. And yes, some of them are ahead of me, like Josh, and he coaches me. But the most encouraging things that Josh says to me is not, Daniel, look what I've done. But it is, Daniel, what you're going through right now really sucks. And I went through that too a year ago. Let me tell you what I did. And it's it's those conversations that are encouraging because those moments when business owners start to doubt themselves of, am I really cut out for this? And it's those, it's those times when you look at the people who are ahead of you and they can honestly say, yes, I've been there too. That's normal. And if you just don't quit, you're going to come out of it and it's going to be great. So that's the point of this podcast. And really it all comes down to, I think John Maxwell said, you can inspire people with greatness, but you can relate to them through vulnerability. So this is not another inspiring business podcast, but this is a relational, vulnerable business podcast where we talk about common struggles, relations, and just how to get each other through it and keep going. Love it. All right. So, Josh, first of all, yes, sir. tell me where you are in your business. Tell me a little bit about your story. Tell me how sure. you got there. Um, so we can go all the way back. So I uh, was a drug addict and alcoholic for 15 years and a horrible person with four felonies. That's awesome. I walked out of jail on March 6th of 2014 with a bag of clothes into a sober living community uh, with a desire to change my life. Uh, from that, 
met an amazing woman, got a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I've been sober for almost eight years now. Uh, I'm really thankful for that first and foremost. From there, I started digging ditches and fixing sprinklers when I got out of jail. And a couple years into that relationship, things weren't working out the way I wanted to for the gentleman I was working for. Uh, we had a contract renegotiation. wasn't really a contract. We had a salary renegotiation. It uh, didn't go my way. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go start my own. So on May 8th of 2017, uh, I started my own business, Living Water Irrigation. And my mommy bought me a $5,500 van. She bought me $2,300 worth of parts and tools from Davis Supply. Big shout out to you guys. And uh, we called everybody I knew, every single person that was in my old telephone and said, hey, I fix sprinklers now. Um, I know I've been doing that. For those of you who know, for those of you who don't know, uh, this is what I do for a living. I would love for you to let me fix your sprinklers or tell your friends about it. Or if you need me to add new sprinklers to a pool you just put in or put in a new sprinkler system, whatever it is, I can dig ditches and we can make it happen. Perfect. So for 2017, 18, and 19, the first 19 months of business, I took zero days off. I would go to church on Sunday morning, have lunch, and then go back to work. So I worked seven days a week uh, for 19 months. Didn't take a day off until we hired our first amazing employee named Michael, and he uh, allowed me some time off. Wow. So we just worked, did nothing but work, had no grand plan really in mind. I met a great business coach. Um, since then, he and I don't have a relationship anymore, unfortunately. But he helped coach me through, mentor me through. I've got some great mentors, Robert Mead and Robert Zellner. It's funny that they're both Roberts. Mm. Um, some great friends, Eric Williams and Ray Trimble, and some other guys that, you know, I've really been able to lean on, Brian Edelman and Chris Claybaugh. And these guys all helped me to make better decisions and all shared with me how they did it, how they were doing it. And so we, uh, we learned to get how to get a digital presence on Google, learned a little bit about search engine optimization, got a little Google presence, and now we're the largest sprinkler company in Oklahoma. Wow. I just realized as you were talking that I think I know why I'm not more successful than I am, which is because I don't have any Roberts in my life. That must be the that You need a Robert. Secret. I need a Robert. Get you a Robert. Just go search them. I can't. I know. I'm sure I do, but I can't think of any Roberts. That yeah, we'll go, we'll go through your contacts. And if you don't have a Robert in your phone, then there's, there's a good somebody. chance you're not going to be successful. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We just that's figured it, it out. Just snip at that. Put Biggest, that on YouTube. Get a Robert in your life. You'll be successful. We're going to make show notes. We're just going to do a YouTube short clip, which is just find a Robert for your life. There we your go. Business. Your business will go um, crazy. So now we have six other businesses. We got seven of them all together. We're having a blasty blast. It's been a really tremendous blessing. Um, it's really fascinating, you know, and something to share with the people out there listening to this and the people watching is, you know, regardless of the financial benefit we've had now and the prosperity we've had and, and how things have gone, you know, we still have giants we have to face every day. And I'm really honored that we're finishing up a book here pretty soon. And I think it's going to be neat. And it tells more lengthy, that story of how I opened this conversation of the drugs and alcohol and the idiot behavior and the stupid decisions. Um, but, you know, we've uh, achieved some worldly success, right? We've got to be very careful on how we define success. Mm -hmm. But yes, as the world would say, I've got the watches and the clothes and the trucks and the house and the pool and the country club memberships and all that stuff. So as the world would define success, yes, we've hit it. But where I'm at today is my mom has stage four cancer. Mm. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. So we haven't talked about it much. Uh, my mom has a very limited amount of time left to live. Wow. Uh, it started out as pancreatic cancer. It has spread to her liver um, and is now in her lymph nodes, and they think her brain as well. So oh gosh. Um, it's been crazy. It's been a heck of a journey over the last couple of months. I don't share it with everybody because I don't want to be a downer. I mean, those of y'all don't know me out there, but I'm a pretty enthusiastic dude and a pretty high energy dude. And I try to stay super optimistic and super positive and constantly try to bring some energy to people. Our mission statement at Living Water 
is, I mean, excuse me, our vision statement of Living Water is to change the world one interaction at a time. Mm. And the way that we do that is to bring positivity. But, you know, it's a, it's a crazy world that I'm in. You know, I finally achieved some freedom from addiction and, and terrible behavior and bad choices and all those things and finally got to a, a financial standpoint to have some freedom there. And then now my mom's going to die. Mm. And it's a really interesting situation. We, It's probably down to days, maybe not even months at this point. Wow. And, but ultimately, she's leaving a really cool legacy. She's raised two really good boys and then me. So <laughs> I'm the youngest of three. I got two older brothers. They're awesome. And, wow. uh, you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's never ending. And so what I want to encourage people out there to hear is no matter what level of worldly success you gain and no matter how much money you make and whatever, ultimately at the end of the day, everybody still has stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think it's so important to be kind. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I talk to our team about that all the time. I talk to people about that all the time. Just be nice to people. Right. Just be kind. Just be thoughtful. And, you know, I don't know how this journey goes over the next few days, weeks, months. I don't know what it's going to be like to pick up the phone and not call my mom. Mm -hmm. uh, I am the epitome of a mama's boy. I'm the youngest, so I'm the baby. And, and so it's a, it's a really interesting situation to be in. But ultimately, I very confidently know where she's going when she passes on from here. And I ultimately know that all things work together for the good. Mm. So out of this, I'm not sure exactly how God's going to use it for his glory, but I know that he will. Mm. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at today, Daniel Thomas. Wow. When did you find that out? About uh, two months ago, my dude. Wow. Man, I'm sorry. Right yeah. I feel weird having a podcast about it, but I'm really sorry. I didn't know. But No, no problem. Wow. It's, it's not something that I have... Just sent out a mass text message to sure, everybody. Yeah. You know, I, what I don't want is the world to have pity on my mother or yeah. pity on me or have anything derogatory to come of it because she's lived an amazing life mm. and she's done an amazing thing. And she taught me all the super valuable things I know between her and my grandpa and my wife and Jesus Christ. Mm. Pretty much all the great stuff I know came from them. Wow. Well, and for those of you who... I mean, I don't think any of y'all know Josh, but that just goes to show how generous Josh is to me because we talk like every week, and uh, I have not heard this once because Josh is, is too focused on helping me solve my problems to mention that his mom is may not have that much longer with her. So, um, yeah, Josh is one of my very good, very good, generous friends as well as just a great mentor in my life. Well, thank you for sharing, Josh. You bet. And uh, so the one message that Debbie Wilson would have to share with the world, we were talking on July 4th, and I spent the afternoon with her, and it was a lot of fun. We just kind of sat there and talked. And I was like, you know, what What would you want to say, Mom? Like, if you could say anything in the world, you know, I'm finishing up this book. And, and you know, I think we're going to do some speaking. And I've got some churches that have reached out and some stuff we're going to do. And I think it'll be really cool to, to see what God does with it and see what we can do to hopefully impact others. But, you know, my mom made one of the most amazing stories. My mom will celebrate 40 years of sobriety on July 17th. Whoa. And so it's a pretty big deal. You know, wow. she made a bunch of stupid mistakes when I was a little feller as well. You know, she told me a story the other day about she would put me and my brothers to bed and go to the bar. Whoa. And I was like, oh, crap, Mom. Wow. I mean, so if the cops want to go arrest her now at 71, I guess that's <laughs> fine. But, you know, so, I mean, there were some things. I was like, what do you mean, Mom? She goes, yeah, I'd tell the neighbors and they'd check on you and I'd go to the bar and come home drunk and pass out. And I'm like, what in the world? Wow. But anyway, you know, so some crazy stuff. And it's the honesty of those things. It's really crazy to me. But Ultimately, on July 17th, she'll celebrate 40 years of sobriety that she turned her life around and wow. and found a close personal relationship with Christ as well and chased that. And so I was like, well, Mom, what 
what message would you want to share? Like through all of this time and all this time of recovery and raising three boys and being a single mom and, and building a life for yourself. And she got educated and became an occupational therapist. Like what would the message be? And she said, well, that if people want to change, they're going to have to do something different than they have done. And I said, okay. And she said, you know, son, your life is different now because you chose to set out on a different path. The things you were doing before, you chose to quit doing those things and do something different. You know, it's that whole definition of insanity, right? Expecting a different result after doing the same exact things over and over and over again. Right. And so I think it's a, it's a really neat message that she just, if you really, really want something different in your life, we were talking about a couple of brothers before we came on air, and if you want something different in your life, you're going to have to do something different in your life. Right. And that's why I've been so proud of you and so humbled by you, what you've done over the last four years and, mm. and your choices to, to do the difficult things and to do the things that suck and to do the things every day that you don't want to do. Yep, yep. That is, that's what it is. And I, uh, and I owe a lot to you. And, and for those, I don't know, probably most people watching this know who I am. But for anybody who's tuning in that doesn't know who I am, a bit about my story is I started mowing lawns when I was 13. I think my dad wanted to get me out of the house or something. He was tired of me being in the house for the summer. And he said, Daniel, why don't you go? He's like, why don't you go out there and mow, mow some of the neighbor's yards and make some money? And I said, okay. And so he made me business cards, and I just went door to door and got a few yards. And then I turned 16, and I was still doing this, and I got a little job at a diner close to my house, and they closed down six weeks later. It was my fault. And, probably. Uh, you probably, probably poisoned everybody. <laughs> I ruined it. And then my mom's like, it's okay, Daniel. You'll get another, you can get another job. And I thought, no, I don't think I will. I think I made more money mowing five yards that I have than I did in the whole six weeks that I worked there. And then that Sunday I went to church and a guy walked up and said, Daniel, do you want more yards? And I said, yeah, I think I do actually. And so something started to grow. And so I did that all throughout high school. I actually stopped playing football. Uh, my coaches were really mad at me because they thought I could be really good at football, but I knew that I didn't, it's not what I wanted to do, but it was interfering with this business that I was growing. And I thought, okay, well, this is the decision I have to make to, you know, this is, if there, if I have a career between these two, it's going to be this one. So I left football to focus on my business. And then I graduated high school and my mom was really telling me to go to college. And I just said, no, I don't, you know, we actually fought about it. And I was like, I don't want to go to college. Like, what's the point in going to college? I have something, I'm making money. I'm doing good. It's growing. If I went to college, I have no idea what I would do. I don't want to spend four years and $50,000 on nothing, you know, when I already have a way to make money that I like and I'm enjoying this. And I thought I was hot stuff. I really did. And You then, are hot stuff. Well, thank you. I mean, Kyrene definitely Kyrene, thinks so. Kyrene thinks so, I think, for sure. But uh, so Kyrene is my wife, and I got married in 2019. And that's when I found out that I am not all I thought I was cracked up to be. <laughs> and I mean that in the best possible way because sure. my, my wife is amazing. And Kyrene, it took a woman coming into my life. And uh, Kyrene was my first girlfriend, never, never been on a date before. Kyrene just came into my life. We dated for a while, got engaged, got married. And then Kyrene looks at me one day and goes, where's your savings account? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I got, uh, got yards to mow. We got, we got money. And she was said, no, no, this ain't going to work. And it took my wife having a really honest conversation with me to say, if you want to build a family, you either have to do more or do something else because this ain't going to work. You know, I mean, full transparency is super embarrassing, but like she would have to ask me, hey, can I buy groceries right now? And I have to say, oh, well, uh, 
let me go mow a few yards. You know, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it was really embarrassing. I just said that to whoever wants to watch this. But that's what it was, you know. And Kyrene was a trooper. And I think we should pause there for one moment, Daniel. I think for the people, not pause the oh. recording, pause oh, okay. at that. About the understanding that in this game, you know, there is all the conversation of the glitz and the glory and the water shooting all oh, over the golly. place and the and the the money and the fame and and all of that. But there's the reality of owning a business. Yes. yes. There's the reality of, hey, can we make the mortgage payment? Right. The reality of, okay, do we make payroll or do we go eat? Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that nobody wants to have that conversation because that's not rosy and rainbows. And that's why I was excited to jump on this podcast with you because it's real. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of conversation that nobody really wants to have about the suck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, no, please continue. Yeah. I think that's awesome that you're willing to share that about yeah. Kyrie. Well, and that's and why Kyrie was patient enough she, to remain with your sorry <laughs> butt. It's an amazing thing that she still, like, is here. At. But And that's the whole point of this podcast, because I have people, I know I have people, not to, like, toot my horn, but I know there's people in my life who go, who were telling Kyrie, yo, DT, you need to get with that guy. He's got, he is set. That dude makes bank. And I didn't make bank. I didn't make nothing. You know, I mean, I might have looked like it, because they were thought, oh, he owns his own business. And uh, but yeah, and like I know that that's what people, some people, some people knew better, but that's what some people thought of me, and and then, but it wasn't the reality, you know. And so that's again why I want this to show this is what it was really like, and it was stressful, and it was hard on my marriage, and hard on Kyrene, and and so yeah, it just took an honest conversation, and then yeah, one day I was sitting on my lawnmower, and I thought, what do I, you know, do I do? I don't want to do anything else. I thought, I don't want to go, I don't want to quit this. I've been, I've spent the last, I mean, I was 21 at this point. I thought I've spent the last, you know, eight years doing this. I don't want to stop this. So I thought I want to just figure out how to make this work. And so I turned on a business podcast, um, which is, is all connected to Josh Wilson, but it was a business podcast, which Josh Wilson was a guest on. And I just started in, uh, just soaking up this podcast. It was called the Thrive Time Show. And it was just amazing, just down-to-earth, practical. This is how to grow and scale a business and make a living. And I just literally listened to nothing else for probably a month. Then I downloaded this book that they, the host of the podcast had written. And then I signed up to go to this workshop conference that they had. And I showed up, and that was when I met Josh Wilson. And he turned around, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is Josh Wilson from the podcast. And and then you were heavily disappointed. <laughs> no. Yeah, You're like, oh, he's really, crap. He's really short. No. Uh, no. Uh, he's not that good looking. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't smell good. No wonder he's on our <laughs> podcast. He does speak Spanish, though. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. And so then it was Josh who came in, and, and Josh, again, just said, here's my phone number if I can help you. Please tell me what I can do. So I went home. I did my first French drain, and I told Josh, hey, I sold it. And he said, great, go sell four more. And every time I had somebody ask about a French drain, I would call Josh. I would FaceTime him or send him a video, and he helped me build this. And then he just started calling me. And just and it was, it was a thing of I just got to a point where I had to do something different. You know, like just like, like Josh's mom said, I got to the point where this isn't working, so something different has to be done. And I didn't know what that different was. And then Josh came along and said, here's different things for you to do. Sure. Do these things. So I started doing those things differently, and my business started growing. And now uh, we have a, I have an income and a savings account and a budget. And my wife doesn't have to ask me if we can buy groceries. And it's great, you know. Um, and you get to go to Cheesecake Factory with Josh Wilson from factory. time to time. That's right. But Josh still, Josh still buys it. I can't <laughs> afford that, though. But, uh, but no, and it's, and it's great. But then here's the deal. 
other people, and even I'm like, wow, I've experienced, we've grown so much. And just me as a person, I think, I've grown so much in the last four years. Like, my life doesn't look anything like it did before. And me, me and Kyrene had those conversations. But then the thing is, now, at this, that's what I had to overcome to be where I am now. And then now that I'm here, we reached a new level. Now there's a whole different hurdles yes. to overcome to get to another level that we're trying to get to. So, t- again, to say that's where I came from, where I am is now I have seven people that work for me. I've got four trucks, one of which is bro- seems to always be broken down. <laughs> seems like there's always one in the shop. And we've got some, a little bit of heavy equipment. Uh, we don't mow lawns anymore. We do only project design and install. Great decision. Um, Great decision. Irrigation, uh, which I learned from Josh, drainage, landscaping, hardscaping, water features, and I love it. Now the challenge is I've got seven people who depend on me to feed their families, and that's a lot of pressure sometimes, and that is what that's what gets to me as far as, wow, this is really hard, and there's those weeks where, again, yeah, it's like, okay, uh, I need to buy something, but if I go spend this money, then... Maybe you know I got to make sure everyone's checks clear first, and so that's what's hard now. Is like there are all these people, and now there's all these people who half of which are older than me. Like I am, and my age is in the middle of these people, and it's really sure. weird sometimes to have all these people that are older than me that work for me, and look to me on a daily basis for what am I supposed to do? You know, and it's uh, yeah, and that's that's it's a lot on my shoulders sometimes, and it's weird. But I've gotten used to that. You know, but first, bef- when I first hired my first employee, I thought, wow. This terrifies me because I'm going to be responsible for someone sure. else's income, and now I'm over that. Now it's just kind of all right, fine. Everybody gets paid, whatever. Let's let's take a moment and discuss that responsibility, though, Daniel. I think it's very important for people out there to understand that when you choose to go down this road and you choose to start a business and you choose to grow that business and you take on employees, there is a responsibility that comes along with that that you have to put their needs above your own. Mm. Yes. And so I think that in this culture that we're in and in this extravaganza that is entrepreneurism and it's been really popularized lately and I'm all for it. Like I think everybody should work for themselves. Go get it. I ain't mad at you. Love me some capitalism yep. and go have at it. Right. But right. understand that if you choose to do this and if someone chooses to come work for you, you now have a responsibility to that individual. That res- individual has a responsibility to show up early and, and have a positive attitude and do the work that you've laid out for them and, and exceed expectations to do all those things and be a quality employee, right? But you have a responsibility to have enough work for that individual, yep. to be able to pay them on a weekly basis, yep. and to make sure that you hold up your side of things. So I don't think that people realize the importance of that social contract that it is not just a flippant decision of, oh, yeah, I'm just going to hire Billy. Right. Well, can you provide for Billy, his wife, and his two kids? Mm-hmm. Or is it just, well, if things don't work out, see you when I see you, Billy. Right. Right. Yeah. That And yeah, 100%. And I've been, you know, there's been times where when I was in high school, I would just grab a buddy of mine and say, hey, man, I got a lot of yards to mow today. We rained out. Can you come help me? Sure. But now it's every day. Every day. I have to have something for six people to go do. And yes, and that is that is a lot. And I felt it, I mean, last week got really hard for me at one moment because we just had, the. so basically this is where we are. And the big hurdle that we are trying to overcome now is we have grown so fast and we have gotten to this point where now we have to just change the way we do things because there's used to, it was just me. I bid the job, I see the job, I know the job and I can do the job. But now 
I see the job, I bid the job, then other people do it without me, ha- with, and they have to do it without me there because I have to be outbidding the next job. So now there's a whole other level of preparation and organization that has to go into it that we have not figured out and reached you know, a smooth transition into this just yet. And so that's, that's hard on everybody else because I have to, I'm the one responsible to set them up for success every day. And it's just some days it just doesn't go our way. And well, that, a quick tip there, and we we probably I've failed you as a business coach. If you have, just tell all the people it's in okay. YouTube land this. Do not hire Josh. Use FaceTime. FaceTime. Oh yeah, and so I mean I don't know if we've communicated that. I'm sure you figured that out because you're way smarter than me. And but but the great news about you know so like we we sell putting greens right. Right. Putting greens are very subjective you know how you're mm-hmm. going to look at an area versus how i'm going to look at an area and how right. i want that to break because i'm the boss and i say how it goes but how i want that green to be built and how i sold it to the homeowner it's very important that we execute that right but the great benefit of facetime is wherever you're at in the world we can jump on and i can see your beautiful face you can see my ugly face right and we can look at the yard together and i can say okay put a stake right there put a flag there right here's your elevation changes from here to here the cup's going to sit there and so it's a great technological tool that we can utilize. Mm-hmm. And also, I know you guys do a great job of design software and those kind of things. We do. So it is a, a simple hurdle to overcome if we choose to. Right. We just have to utilize technology. hundred uh, percent. And we do. And, and that's exactly correct. And we do use FaceTime. Really, the true hurdle is that how do they, because I get in trouble sure. when I go on vacation or I'm home Try you know, and then I'm just getting like I'm getting FaceTimes and calls, and I got in trouble last time we went on vacation because I was I was doing too much, you know, and so it's and then but then we do these commercial jobs where sure. somebody else has designed this and they just hand you a piece of paper that's got every detail you could ever imagine, and it's just crazy, you know. And then sometimes it also happens where, hey guys, here's my design, and it's just a 2D thing, you know, drop and drag, drag and drop plants or draw whatever, and then I show up to the job and I'm go wait, why is that bush right there? And they go, oh, isn't that right there on the design? And I'm thinking, you know, because it's 2D, the, the depth perception's off. And I go, well, no, that's not where it was. You know, or they misunderstand. Or the cu- or sometimes the customer comes out. He goes, what? What are you talking about? That's not what I literally that happened to us the other day. He sure. goes, I didn't want all that rock in there. So we had to take all this rock back up. And so, but like those spec plans that you get at a commercial job, that's just, if it if it's written on here, you cannot deviate. Sometimes it just just doesn't work out and you get clearance and they approve it. But that just takes all the questions out of it. So we're trying, but I also hate that. I also hate that because because the rigidity of it. The rigidity. There's no flexibility. There's no room to go. Ah, you know what? That's it's just better to do this in this situation. You know. But the good thing is, if it's my job, I can do that. But we're trying to find a better balance of when I hand this job off to Jason, they do not have to call me because I am designing and calling and bidding and having to run home to you know I don't know. Uh, keep my daughter from getting getting whacked by my wife when she throws too many fits, you know. And uh, I'm just kidding. We love our Shout daughter. out, Kyrene. Shout out, Kyrene. And anyway, so it's like, it, and it's just hard for me to have a linear workflow because when I have to put all this work out there for six people, that's a lot. I mean, I have to be in the zone to get this stuff done and sell these jobs. And when I'm getting blown up with, I mean, a FaceTime call in a day is not a big deal. But then we had one earlier last week, that day that, that I was really feeling it where I think I had five calls from the same person within five minutes. Sure. It was just hang up, call back, hang up, call yeah. back, you know. So so that's what that's what we're trying to overcome right now. And um, and Josh is, you know, Josh, I think you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you were in irrigation, which is pretty, fairly cut and dry. I mean, obviously there's different. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, of I mean, we had a standardized method by which we did right. most things. So right. there's, unless somebody was just having a, a moment of, 
zero IQ. It was right. pretty straightforward most pretty of the straightforward. time. Yeah. But now you're getting into the putting greens sure. and the outdoor services, yeah. which is much more custom, like like what we've been right. doing. Right, much with. more much more subjective as opposed to just flat black and white. Yeah, right, right. So now so now Josh is able to help me even more. And there's other landscapers. The thing is, we get to this point where we're like, man, this is really hard. People are getting stressed out. People sure. are getting frustrated. And it weighs a lot on me because I'm thinking, wow, there's all these people who I feel like, I mean, I, I take things too personally, but I think, wow, I've let these people down. Yes. Oh, everyone's disappointed in me. Yes. Oh, why am I doing this? Everybody thinks I'm a fraud. I am a fraud. You know, just all these thoughts sure. start running through my head, and I just got to shut it down. And what's great is when somebody comes along and says, hey, dude, you know what? Those are the great problems to have. Yes. They say you are great living the problems. dream of most people. Yes. And you don't, you're not feeling it in this moment. And also, most people have no idea what it takes to live that dream. You know, you're living a dream where you work for yourself. You're in control of your income. You're in control, kind of in control of your hours. <laughs> sure. You know, and they say, but these are the problems that come with that that people don't think about. You know, people just see what you do or they see what Josh does. Like, I see what Josh does or what... Bedros Cooley and all Josh does is play golf now. All Josh I mean, does really is play golf His now, golf yeah. game is terrible. <laughs> he sucks. And I just think, man, that looks awesome. And John Maxwell had a great saying that said, everyone wants to do what I do, but nobody wants to do what I did. Sure. And uh, so, yeah. And so now. It's the part of the entrepreneurial conversation that gets left behind. And it's so important to address it. But to go back, kind of touch on a couple things there, Daniel. So pressure is a privilege. Mm-hmm. So pressure, and that, that's somebody much smarter than me who quoted that. So whoever that is, thank you very much. But pressure is a privilege. Yes. You know, having the weight of this on your shoulders and having all these things going on is a privilege because it, it is what affords the life that we live and the financial freedom that we have and the things that we have and the days that we ain't got no money and the days that we do have money and all those things. But there's a permission that we need to grant ourselves as business owners and entrepreneurs, and that's to live out the wins. You know, it's really funny. We'll celebrate the wins in our employees and we'll pat them on the back and tell them great job and all those things. But very rarely do we sit in the truck with ourselves and say, man, I'm the dude. Mm. Like I'm the man. Right. Like, heck yeah. Like, right. man, I went and knocked that out of the park. I sold that. We got that done. I went and picked up that check. We covered payroll. My operating account's where it's supposed to be. Like give yourself some credit for where you're at, wherever that is. And if you're out there listening and you're mowing five yards, congratulations. You got mm. five yards. Right. If you're mowing 500 yards, congratulations. You got 500 yards. But right. don't don't take it for granted and don't just flippantly run past it. But here's the cool thing that can happen from it. Give yourself permission to fail also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we're so hard on ourselves and so it's what makes us successful <laughs> it's because right. we're always demanding so much of ourselves and of those around us and always looking for the next thing and always trying to grow and always trying to improve and always trying to get better. But also in that is it's all right, man. Like the greatest thing about failure is the growth that comes from it. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of folks out there just need to quit being so hard on yourself. Just right. If you didn't sell the job, well, crap, you didn't sell the job. If you right. lost money on the job, well, crap, you lost money on the job. Right. I guarantee if you lose money on a couple of jobs, you won't lose money on jobs anymore. I guarantee yep. it. Yep. 100%. Because you'll figure out how not to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a fun journey, but you really, to live this life, the seven businesses we have and the amazing partners that I have and the tremendous staff that we have and don't know why all these people choose to work for Josh Wilson – but the amazing part of it all is 
the fact that we choose to accept the responsibility of the pressure mm. to walk it out. Right. Right. And it's such an honor to do so. And it's such a great, great life to live. But this life really ain't for that many people. No. And it doesn't mean that you're less than if you fail as an entrepreneur. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that I'm better than you or Daniel's better than you or anybody else's. It's just a really lonely life. Yeah. You know, there's a, a song by George Strait, which I get to go see in Tampa. We talked about that earlier today. Happy it's called 40. A Showman's Life. And Gary Allen does it as well, which my wife and I love seeing Gary Allen. But in A Showman's Life, it says that A Showman's Life is a, a smoky bar and a lonely wife. Mm. And it says, that, you know, they told me all about the money and the wine and the women and the fame, but they never told me about this part. Mm. And so I mm. think the cool thing about this podcast, about where we were, where we are, where we're going, is to really share that it's not all rainbows and roses. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and that's okay. Like, I love it. Like, right. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Even the situation I'm currently in with my mother, I know that I know that I know we're just walking out that which was already laid out in front of us. Mm -hmm. And it's... Pressure is a privilege. And that's a good way to put it. There's a thing you, something you usually say to me, or usually I've heard you say it a couple times, which is pressure does two things. Yes, sir. It makes diamonds and it breaks pipes. It busts pipes, man. Bust so which pipes. one are you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, I, that's what I've come to learn. And this is something else. I've got another, another coach in my life, which is it's just it's kind of like a life coach. Yeah. But, uh, but what Danny says to me a lot when I talk about this, she asks me, you know, what is something – we were talking about mindset, and she says, what's something about mindset that has, you feel like has helped you get to where you are? And I said, the day that I realized that I'm not at the mercy of circumstances. Oh, come on. I'm not at the mercy of what happens uh, to me. That'll I, preach. There was this time where I just kept coming home every day. I was living, I had an apartment with my two sisters. We were it was just us three living on our own, and every day I came home, something like just lawnmowers getting stolen, trucks breaking down or rolling down the hill and hitting a tree in the nursing home parking lot, whatever it happened, you know. And uh, Not sure what happened there, but we'll leave it alone. That's a story. Move on, story ladies and gentlemen, move on. And I just, every day, I'd come home, my sister would say, hey, how was your day? And I'd say, man, it was... God, it's not a good day. Not a good day. And after, I don't know how long I just did this. And finally, one day I got home, or I think I was on my way home, and I thought, okay, I'm going to get home. Jessica's going to ask me how my day was. And I'm going to, and I thought, man, like, and I thought, you know, like, there's got to be a different way sure. to have a good day. I thought, like, I thought, you know, if it's really, if this is what it takes to have a good day, then I'm, I'm going to have a horrible life because no day is good for me. I thought, there's got to be a way that is up to me to have a good day. And so I started just a, a declaration every morning that said, I would just sit up in bed and say, hey, my sins are forgiven, and I know where I'm going. It's a good day. And nothing that happened could take that away from me. Anything else good that happened was just icing on the cake. You know, and if, yes. I never, if I didn't get icing, at least I still had cake. You know, and so I told Danny, I said, I think that, like, the day that I figured that out, and obviously it took, like, that took days of saying that before sure. I really believed it. But it did. And then, because that was the step the Bible says to count it all joy. Whatever you're going through, count it joy. All of it. Rejoice and thank God. And so that day that this truck rolled down the hill, which is a different story, I just sat there and just thought, thank you, God, for this. You know, and sure. just, but to declare that every day was to tell myself that these things 
don't have to be not joyful. Like these things don't steal my joy. These things can actually bring me joy because I can be grateful that I have a chance to grow and to learn and to not do that ever again. You know, may my truck never hit another tree in a nursing home parking lot. And uh, for as long know, as we both shall live. As as live. Amen. And eventually that just became like it, it is second nature to me now. And every now and then I have to pull it back out. And Danny reinforces that to me. She says, Daniel, that is like a superpower when you yes. realize that it's up to you whether or not you have a good day. No matter what happens, you're not a victim of what happened to you in the day. But y- these things happen for you, not to you, right? And I love the way one of my favorite preachers put it. He said, when a baby's born, it gets yanked out of this warm, cozy space it's in. It gets flipped upside down. It's cold. It's getting smacked on the back, and fingers are getting stuck down its throat, and it's crying, and it's just like, what is happening? It feels like the world is falling apart. He says, but all that's happening for the sake of the baby, because if this doesn't happen, the baby dies in there, because the baby cannot grow and become an adult in the womb. And so that's, you know, that's just how I think about it. These things are happening for me. Why? Because this is how I, this is how I mature. If I don't get out of this cocoon that I'm in, I'm just going to be stagnant and, and not grow and, you know, and not get better. So that's, you know, that was kind of something that I figured out. And so, like you said, pressure is a privilege when I figured that out. Some days I don't feel it, but it is true. And that's what sure. I have to come back to at the end of the day. And the truth is, when you figure that out, it is, it's fun. You know, it's freeing. You, it's freeing. And you get in those moments where you think, oh, my God, this is chaotic. But when you just sit down and start to hammer out your action items and solve the problems, it's the most fun thing in the world. And there's nothing more satisfying than solving the problems that try to ruin your day. But they don't. You get and you could just it. be fueled by gratitude. I think a really neat thing that's happened through my story and all the stupid decisions I made for 15 years over drugs and alcohol and women and all the nonsense I chose to put myself and my family and friends through is through all of that, I'm still here. Right. Mm. And so through all of that, I was homeless once and I'm not, Mm. you know, I made $11 an hour fixing sprinklers when I started out and now I don't. Mm. Now you make seven. Yes. Seven. It's it's a, it's a blessing. So it's, it's depending on how perspectively you want to look at it. And if you want to be fueled by gratitude, Mm. you know, I, when I walked out of jail, I had a bag of clothes. Now I own, well, I have loans on part of them, and part of them are leased through Enterprise. But we have 29 vehicles now, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had to get a bus ticket to get from Lawton to Tulsa. Wow. And, and now I have 29 vehicles, which wow. I don't know how many I own. But anyway, <laughs> thank you for the people in my office, Amelia, who does accounting. So I think they're all okay. I don't think they're getting repoed. Oh, I might walk out here and that might oh be God. a truck. That'd be Your hysterical. Oh, that'd be so fantastic. But... If you choose gratitude, choose mm-hmm. to be fueled by the perspective of, hey, man, how cool is it that I have to figure out how to make this drain work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this person's yard is still flooding. Okay, right. well, cool. Let me figure out how to make it work, right? right? And the other opposite of that could be you could be working in a dead-end job for somebody who hates you and disrespects you. Mm-hmm. So choose to pick gratitude and choose to be positive and choose to look at it and go, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? Because in every opportunity and in every failure and every bad thing, there's an opportunity to learn something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just, I ain't never doing that like that again. Yeah. Oh I mean, it could be that simple of yeah. just, well, shouldn't have turned left there. Right, right. Yeah, 100%. Well, let me kick it back to you, yes. Josh, with a question because I've been talking a lot. Come on. So you mentioned you got how many vehicles? 29? 29. Right. 47 so, employees. So here so here you are now with 47 employees and 29 vehicles. Yep. So tell me what 
Do you see this is where you are? Yep. So now, what is the next thing that you guys, what is fighting y'all right now from getting to the next level that you guys foresee? What is there any hurdles that like, okay, this is the thing we're really focusing on changing, bettering, because every time you grow or yep. change, there's something new. Oh, well, this is different, a sure. different challenge. What, what stands in your way now? Getting me out of day-to-day. Mm. Mm. So the thing that bottlenecks the majority of our companies right now and the thing that, that holds back what we do right at this point is Josh Wilson. Interesting. Because a lot of the information is still trapped in my head or comes through me or that right. person wants to talk to me or, you know, I haven't done a good job of relationship management of letting our builders know other members of our team or letting these people take this thing or this thing or whatever. And we have such an exceptional team. Right. And as they continue to take things, a big shout out to Craig Rochelle and the developmental dip and the four enemies of growth. And if you have, if you are a business owner, and you want two podcasts that will change your life, listen to the two parts of The Four Enemies of Growth from Craig Rochelle. Mm-hmm. And hopefully maybe Craig Rochelle will be on your show someday since we gave him a oh, shout-out. I'm going to so, have – yeah, yeah, here he comes. <laughs> but here he comes. it is – I'm in the way right now of not handing all of those things off to allow our team to do so mm. so that I can just go grow our businesses. So I can yes. go shake hands and kiss babies. I normally say that the other way around. I normally say shake babies and kiss hands <laughs> because people get really thrown off by it. So – uh, but that our biggest limiting factor at this very moment in our businesses mm. is getting me out of the way. Mm. I like the way I like that phrasing better. The biggest limiting factor right now. Yeah, and it's I am we're even in a similar place because for us to have, like I said, we're just disorganized. We're trying to find the way to to scale organization because it's sure. But the part, problem is all the organization is right here. And me not being on those job sites means they do not have access to the information that they need. And so I'll tell you what, last week we had a just, it was the day after 4th of July, and it was the most Monday of Mondays, and it was not Monday. It was Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. It was ridiculous. People showed up God Gotta love holidays. People were like, I got to leave at 1130. Gotta love holidays. It was ridiculous. And I, even I, I didn't have my stuff together either. And then, yeah, and so Jason, who's my main guy, my best friend, he came to me and said, dude, we have to get together because I, I, it, the morning was so chaotic. And he said, dude, I, we got to get together. This can't, I, we can't do this anymore. And I say, well, what do you mean by this? He goes, I mean this, dude, the disorganization. It's crazy. So we had to meet up, I think, later that day or the next day. And the first step we took is, okay, the problem is from the handoff, from when I design and bid and all this stuff to the handoff to these guys, details get lost. And the, the blur starts to happen and, and the confusion starts. So we just started by writing down our process of just step by step. Call comes in, appointment gets made, Daniel meets the client, Daniel designs, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of like, okay, this is all the things that Daniel does. These are the things that Jason does. And our first step was, okay, how do we start to back Jason further into these roles that Daniel is in? So the first thing we did is Daniel does walkthroughs, then Daniel passes the job off to Jason. So now we thought, okay, well, Jason's going to do the walkthrough with Daniel so that then Jason can plan the job because Daniel's got so much going on, he doesn't do a good job planning the jobs anymore. Sure. So that's kind of the first step we're taking is, okay, we're going to get Jason more involved. He's going to walk through with me and the customer. We're going to go through all the details. And then I'm going to pass it off to him to say, plan this job. I'm not going to... I'm not going to order your gravel. I'm not going to call the deliveries because I usually forget to do so. And I'm getting a call at 2 o'clock in the afternoon saying, hey, uh, are we getting gravel today? And I go, oh, hang on. You know, I try sure. to make a call and it's all too late. And then the day is not what it could have been because I didn't have all the things there. So, yeah, we are going through something similar. And it's just it's <laughs> what I run into is every problem we come up against, it pretty much comes back to, well, Daniel needs to stop doing that. 
because Daniel's doing too much. Daniel's designing. So there you go. So there's the common theme between both of us. The there biggest problem in both of our businesses is what? Ourselves. There you go. We do too much. We do and too so much. That, that, that should be a big message for everybody out there because there is a point when it is just you. You were right. just the dude at 17 years old mowing all the yards. Right. right. You were that dude. Right. But for there comes a point when you have to understand that in order – so if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with a team. Mm. Oh, that's good. So we were able to do everything really, really fast and screwed up a bunch of stuff, if we're really honest, right. when we were just by ourselves, right? Like, right. oh, I'm killing this. I right. got this, right? right? But in actuality, we weren't really doing that good of a job. It mm. just nobody else noticed because it was just us. And right. But if you want to go far, go with the team. So mm. hand things off. And by all means, guys, simplify. Hmm. Simplify everything. For everybody who's listening, everybody who's thinking about this, everybody who's in the midst of a situation right now where it's you and a helper and you want to get to a point where you have 20 employees or you want to do this or you want to do that, we'll talk about that on goals here in just a second. I think we've got a few more minutes. A couple more. But is to understand that if you want to go past you and a helper, you're going to have to, have to, have to get to a point to truly understand what that means and where you're going and what you need to do and simplify everything down to its least common denominator so you don't add a bunch of complexity early on that you then have to eliminate and cancel Mm -hmm. because you're like, well, I don't know why we were doing that. Well, why did we ever start doing that? Because it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And just admit it's stupid and don't be married to it and don't be emotional about it and just go, that way that we were doing it was dumb. That's the way I've always done it, but it's stupid, so let's move on and do it another way. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good word. That's a really good word. And I think we just did that. You just reduce it to the common denominator, that's it. and we just did, which is Ourselves. Josh has these problems, I have these problems. The common denominator is us. We do too much. Yes. And to get beyond this, we got to empower. So other I did mention the statement. You know, so you have six employees, we have forty-seven, and and I think everybody out there. It's going to sound very arrogant, but Mm. would like to have the businesses that I'm fortunate enough to own, Mm. right? Like everybody would look at and go, I want Josh Wilson's life. I want to do all those things. I want a couple country club memberships and travel all over the place and hang out with my mom and hang out with my wife and do all this stuff. And I am so grateful for it, guys. And I am humbled by it and thankful that I get to live it out and the people that we get to serve and the people that we get to give into their lives. And and, because you didn't pay me for a long time. I feel like I should get back paid for that. Yeah, you should get like, I think I, mean, I need to put it invoice together. Tell you, you, you said I should. You just said I should. <laughs> said so that's on that video. Why so I'm going to call Kyrene and tell him you, <laughs> you now owe me a bunch of back right. pay. I'll wait for the invoice. But, you know, I want to serve people and I want to do those things. But what I want you guys to understand, and we do this with all of our clients, and we've done it with, with um, Daniel, and we'll do it again at the end of this year, and we'll reevaluate is what are you defining success as, right? Mm. Because it's very few people who should want 20 employees. Mm-hmm. It's very few people who should want 40 or 60 or 80 or 100 employees. You know, I look at guys, I've got a couple of buddies, a uh, really good friend of ours that he's got 600 employees. Oh and I God. talk to him quite a bit, whatever, and I don't want his life for all the money in the world. Mm. Like, I just don't. And he's got great leaders in place as well. But still, man, I don't want it. Like, I'm good. Right. And so you need to define what is success for you? What is success for your family, for your kids? Because that may be... You start a sprinkler company and you have one service tech and one install crew mm. and you guys do six or $700,000 a year and you're making right. 20% and you make $125,000 a year and you don't work during the winter. Like if I could go back in time, like if Cher was here and she was right. singing with me, like if I could turn, oh, sorry, oh. I won't do it. Nope, I won't do it. But 
if I could and reevaluate what I really want. Now, I know God had a plan for us and the people we're able to touch and all the people we're able to give to wouldn't be possible if we didn't generate the revenue that we currently do. But define what success is for you. You mm. know, and if you want to make $100,000 a year, and I know it's going to sound crazy, but it's not that hard, guys. Mm. It's truly not that hard. It really is not. You just have to, if you want to make a million dollars a year, it's not that hard. I was talking mm. to my nephew about this. You just have to make $1,000 a thousand times to make a million bucks. There you go. If you want to make $100,000, you just have to make $1,000 a hundred times. Mm. And I know that sounds crazy to some of y'all. You can be like, well, you're just detached from reality. No, I made $11 an hour in January of 2015. Like, I, I understand what it takes to get to this point. Mm -hmm. But define success for yourself. Like, what is that? Hey, man, I want to work really hard for two years, and then I want to work three days a week and hang out with my wife. Sweet. Cool. Find a way to get there, right? Mm -hmm. But it's up to you to define that, because if you don't, the world will. And then you'll the next watch and the next truck and the next house and the vacation thing and all this stuff, like, and none of that stuff truly matters. What mm -hmm. matters is Christ family and relationships mm -hmm. and then all the other stuff is inconsequential right. it's fun i mean i don't don't get me wrong i love it to death right but it is important that you truly define what success is for you and then walk it out amen well and that's a good word to to kind of wrap this up on is is goals knowing what your goals are josh says this to me all the time if you aim for nothing you'll hit it every time every single time every time you know just shooting a bow and arrow with no target in sight what's the point of it and you don't know if you're getting any closer to the target because you don't even know what your target is. So Josh has really helped me. That was one of the biggest things when I was sitting on that lawnmower realizing I've got to change. The first thing I did was realize I need to set goals and I need to wake up early, you know, before 8 o'clock in the morning. I started, I need to wake up at least 5.30. And so every morning I just started waking up at 5.30 and I would just set goals for my day. This is how, much, how many yards I want to mow today. And just having that intentionality just that made a, a gigantic a gigantic difference. And uh, and I love what Craig Rochelle says where he says, everybody ends up somewhere in life. A few people end up somewhere on purpose. And I just think that is just gold right there. That's beautiful. 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 So we'll end it with this. We'll end it with Debbie Wilson. I'm going to take over your podcast. We're okay. going to end with the words with Debbie Wilson that if you truly, truly want to change, you got to do something different in your life. Do something different. Amen. Guys, thanks for watching the podcast. Uh, we're going to have more people on. This is intended to be an interview show, so I plan on having everybody from people who are starting a business Great. to people who are very, who very have far a billion into dollar it, business. Have a billion dollar business. I mean, I'm, hope, I'm hoping I can get Andy Frisella on Yes, this let's thing. go. And I got friends who are just getting started. I got friends who are right here with me. Um, so we're just going to hear from all people because what I've learned is no matter what stage you're in, you've got something to relate to and something to learn from from each other. Josh tells me all the time, but I don't believe him, that he learns things from me. All the time. I don't think so. Congratulations, Daniel. Thank you. Way to be committed. It's going to be the best podcast in the whole history of podcasts besides Joe Rogan. Besides Joe Rogan. <laughs> Amen. And Andy Priscilla. Thanks, everybody. Please watch next time. Guys, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of This Is Where I Am. If you were encouraged by this, please share it with a friend. Leave us a five-star review, and please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And, of course, tune in next time for our next awesome guest.